Carlsbad, People, Purpose, and Impact, an essential podcast for those who live, work, visit, and play in Carlsbad. Good afternoon and welcome, everyone. My name is Brett Schonsenbach. I'm the president and CEO of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce, and I am your host today. And I'm excited to have with me Doreen Quinn. Doreen is the CEO of New Haven Youth and Family Services and Trade Tech High School. Good afternoon, Doreen. Good afternoon. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. So we're here to talk about um, New Haven. You're multi-talented and involved in so many things, but we're going to focus mostly on New Haven, I think, although we never know these interviews. They go all over the place. (laughs) I was looking up stuff about New Haven, and it looks like it started in 1967. Is that right? It did. It started as a program for developmentally disabled women. I did not know that. It did. Um, Wow. Okay. When did you get involved and what was your, what's the backstory there? What got you involved and became a part of it? Well, I was a punk kid coming over from Portland, Maine. I was telling the story earlier and um, I came over here for vacation and thought, what a better, couldn't be a better place to live coming from Maine. It was in the spring. So I went back, quit my job, sold everything, moved out here a month later with two suitcases and looked for a job, looked for a place to live. I landed in Vista. And I was introduced to New Haven Youth and Family Services. I applied to graduate school and was attending graduate school at San Diego State. And my heart was always working with teens. So I knew that that was what I was going to do. So I started at New Haven as a child care worker. And here I am 35, 36 years later. Wow, that's awesome. I'm not finished yet. I'm slow. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're passionate. You're not slow. I know better. Uh, Well, that's cool. Go Aztecs. That's great that you're an Aztec. So you mentioned that it started for developmentally disabled girls. Is that what you said? That's right. But at some point, it transitioned to look to working with at-risk adolescent boys. So to walk us through that transition. So that's I was hired to be part of that first team mm. with adolescent boys. And um, our CEO at the time felt there was a greater need to serve at-risk youth and uh, let go of the girls program. And we moved ourselves onto that campus that you that we sit on currently in Vista. And that was actually a home campus. And in 1989, having been a social worker, a therapist at this point, and my kids were really struggling in public school. And I was spending a lot of time picking up kids who were being suspended for kind of aberrant behaviors. Uh, I said to our CEO at the time, you know, we should open our own school. And he put me on a plane to Sacramento within a week, and I opened our first New Haven school in 89. Wow. And proceeded to do the same thing. I mean, we we didn't do education differently, and education in a traditional sense was not successful with this particular population that we were serving. So um, over the years, as uh, a young therapist as well, trying to engage adolescent boys and need psychotherapy, um, not highly effective, I started building birdhouses with them. Mm. And off we went. We found that uh, they would follow directions. They would stay in school all day if they could build birdhouses with me after school. And hence, this is where our whole woodshop idea came from. 
Oh, that's fantastic. And then over the years, we've gotten a lot of support from the industry and supporting the, you know, the wood shop, right. the wood and the, the equipment. And then Tony sure. Gwen was a big donor. Sure. Yeah. So uh, you started with New Haven as a count- counselor. A child care counselor while I was going to school. Child care counselor. Okay. So you started then. And then take us through your steps with the organization, your personal steps. Well, personally, yes, I started as a child care worker. I received my master's in social work. I became a therapist. Um, and as a therapist, I, I really found that education was a more effective way of reaching these adolescent boys, just creating some sense of self-efficacy and ability yeah. to do something, master something, do something for somebody else besides yourself, that there was this healing quality. So in a student's business, is a kid's business is to learn how to read and do math, right? right? I mean, and get an education, look like a student. So um, we opened our school. I opened our school and, and ran that. And then there's... A number of iterations to that, you know, adding various career tech focuses sure. to our educational program. And then I was the vice president of the program. And then it was in 1995 that uh, I was asked to be the CEO. And I was really reluctant at that about that. Yeah. Um, I'm a program girl. Mm. But, you know, I decided I'd be the crazy person at the top. At least I know how crazy <laughs> that person was, right? <laughs> You can you edit would, that. You would indeed. No way. That's staying in. That's awesome. Um, that's great. So, so you've obviously, you know, you've you've worked your way up through the ranks, so to speak. And it's interesting that it. Um, again, I didn't know all of this history that it, the school component came in after you brought it. So before that, it was just a residential. Was it residential even before that? Yes, it was just a it was just a group home. It was a group home. Okay, got it. So now let's come full circle. Fifty five years later, or maybe this is your fifty sixth year. Thirty five. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. Oh, for the oh, organization. Okay. I thought you were aging me. No, no. The organization goes back to sixty seven. Okay, so, gotcha. no, not <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Uh, so now tell us exactly how you would characterize New Haven Youth and Family Services. That's a super question. Good. So New Haven provides inpatient or mm -hmm. residential treatment um, for adolescent boys, super intensive psychiatric, psychological counseling services, inpatient. We also have our schools, a non-public school, which is publicly yep. funded private education. Most importantly, and something that I'm very excited about, is um, our desire to serve in an outpatient um, form we have we go into the homes of over 400 families mm. in San Diego Riverside counties, and our intent intent is to keep kids out of residential, nice, and to move them more quickly through our residential so that we can return them home and wrap services around them. So we have the outpatient component where we have the therapist, a behavioral coach, a parent partner, a crisis counselor. And we just wrap around these families and reduce the likelihood of psychiatric hospitalization or reduce the likelihood of going into a residential program. And then again, for those kids who are with us, we've been able to reduce their time by half mm -hmm. and get them back in the family's home with those services. We work with Carlsbad Unified. We have counselors that go into the, the school district um, and support those teachers. Again, our population's different. Carlsbad Unified is an awesome district, mm -hmm. and they're really... Uh, student focused, mm. um, and we work with them to to 
address the needs of those kids in the home and in their schools. Love it. So you and I have known each other for quite a while, all the way back to my Vista days before coming here. And I've had the pleasure of you know, being familiar with your program. But I was on your website just kind of digging in a little bit before you and I got to meet today and chat. And um, I saw, you know, this phrase on your website, equipping youth with lifelong skills, which I think is a really good encapsulation of um, what you guys do. So tell me the typical profile of a kiddo who's in your residential portion. And are they just coming from... Well, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to have you tell the audience. They're not just coming from the immediate area, from what I know. They're coming from all over. So share a little bit about that. Right. Our youth come from primarily San Diego County, Mm -hmm. um, but all over Southern California. And again, New Haven is the most intensive end of mental health services and special ed services. So if they don't make it with us, they're going out of state oftentimes. So we're we're dealing with a, a really challenging uh, group of kids. Now, our kids come through foster care, um, through Department of Social Services, also San Diego Probation, um, a youth who has gotten in some trouble but has been identified as having emotional issues, trauma primarily. And then um, primarily our, our greatest contractors are our school districts. So mm-hmm. we serve about 50 school districts. So we're getting that famous student from all of these different districts, and they fund us to address what their learning handicap is actually their emotional disturbance. Sure, yeah. So we're going to take a quick pause. We're talking to Doreen Quinn, the CEO of New Haven Youth and Family Services. And we're going to come back and talk about some of the really cool uh, programs that they do and their the way they develop these uh, boys into amazing young men. So stay with us. We'll be right back. So Doreen, right before we took a break, um, you were talking about how you get referrals from over like 50 school districts um, all over Southern California, primarily San Diego County, but all over Southern California. So currently, how many boys do you have in your program and how many of those are residential versus if there's another way they can participate? So we have about 36 students that are currently enrolled. And then we have, we're serving about 400 youth and families in our outpatient Outpatient, model. And again, that has been our our biggest focus and really where I think um, responsible ethical treatment happens. That's awesome. And again, from your website, I was digging in there and I love the part where it says you guys do whole person development. Tell us what that means to you. What does that mean? Well, you know, it is kind of in our mission statement, caring, and our kids need to feel like they're cared about, mm-hmm. that they're we're very restorative in their dignity and their self-worth. And um, we're very intentional about that. When they come onto the campus, they know we're fundamentally different than anything they've ever experienced. Mm, for sure. The, the homes are attractive. They're clean. They're warm. Um, our staff is receives a 40 hours before they hit the floor on trauma-informed treatment. So feeling cared for, establishing relationships, that sense of belonging, again, very intentional about that. The caring, and then it's the equipping. So once we can stabilize, they get this sense of belonging, we're able to teach them things that they might be interested in, right? We have our culinary arts program. We have mm-hmm. wood, wood shop. And it's funny because there's something magical about um, spices and sawdust <laughs> because people ask all the time if kids have had multiple placement failures before they come to us, and it's, they stick. Mm, it works. That's awesome. And I think, again, it's 
that that sense of puttering. It's that therapy on your feet mm. and the use of your hands for good. Um, it's also a place to discover something that they can do very well and share with others. Again, that, that sense of mastery. So we have yeah. the belonging. We have that sense of mastery. And then um, that's that healing that comes from serving others. Now, I hope you're not mixing the spices with the sawdust. But besides that... <laughs> it, that could happen. <laughs> um, I've seen some of the amazing things that through your woodshop program that your boys have, uh, you know, produced. And I think it would be fun for you to kind of give a sense of the width and breadth of the kind of stuff that they produce and, and uh, make because it's it's very impressive. Gosh, I would love to do that. Thank you. So when a youth comes into New Haven, I, I actually, I want to go back. I want to back up just a little bit because sure. I, I mentioned earlier about Tony Gwen. Yes. Um, you know, we started with our birdhouses. We spent a summer. Uh, we had an entrepreneurial class, and the kids were making Adirondack furniture. Yes. Um, we took them to Home Depot. They bought the wood to build uh, a chair. They Spent twenty five. They sold it for fifty, and it just took off. Lit them up. Lit them. Up, lit all of us. Up. Yeah. I mean, and we just could not keep up with the demand. Tony Gwen um, was doing a celebrity golf tournament for us at the time, and we thanked him with a set of those chairs. And the next year, I was fitting him with his Foot Joy shoes, and he said, "How's that business going, Doreen?" And I said, "Funny you should ask." And I had a proposal in my pocket for a great big wood shop that our students would build. And he sent us a check for 50000 the next nice. year. Nice. And our students built this wood shop. And that now is the home of our manufacturing or wood crafts, et cetera. And our students manufacture furniture, wood, you know, Adirondack furniture, pens, um, cutting boards, and lots of other kinds of neat things. But, you know, when a kid comes into New Haven, they've hadn't had a lot of success. Right. Nobody was sticking stars on their paper and, you know, putting it up on the refrigerator. And our kids can see through a lack of sincerity a lack of authenticity, and that's something that I really love about them because they're so real. They make those pens their first week, and you can look at those pens and say, this is beautiful, and they know it, and yes. they're proud of it. Yes. You know, so um, we make up some ground on not having lots of stars on their papers or, or families or adults in their lives that were giving them lots of praise. So it's like a really like a fresh start for them. That's great, and the quality is amazing. I've I've purchased uh, some of your wood products. Uh, I've given away as gifts, like th some of those beautiful cutting boards and things like that. Thank um, you. Yeah, no, they're so great. I would be extremely remiss if we didn't talk about your culinary stuff a little bit because I've also <laughs> regularly uh, purchased and used as gifts some of the um, byproduct of your culinary. So talk about the, the culinary school there. So the, the, our culinary program came about because we had a, a youngster um, who was in placement actually from uh, downtown San Diego with a really rough background. And um, he loved working in our kitchen. And he asked... You know, for he said not everybody wants to go into work with wood, and I would really like to be a baker. And and this is what's so awesome about the staff at New Haven about you know doing whatever we can do is that my assistant at the time, our receptionist, said if we get him a job, I'll drive him. So Debbie Ann's pie shop that's no longer there, but he had to be at work at four in the morning to oh, make pies, man. and she got up in the morning and brought him over there every single day. So he worked at Debbie Ann's from four to eight a.m. And then he went to school. Wow. Changed this kid's life. And he ended up going to culinary school, the Culinary Institute. Fantastic. I know. So, it, it, you know, we can't do everything, but, you know, the, those, both those career paths are very forgiving. And the science and the math and the following directions and all of those soft skills that go with being a good employee, 
can be taught. Yes, yes, for sure. And I know we're still, you know, we're, we're several months out of season, but you guys usually do a nice little showcase in, I want to say, December to show off some of these amazing skills of these boys, both on the woodworking side and the culinary side. And uh, it's open to the public as far as I know, and they can come and purchase things and it see is. things. Well, I think we even e-blast it through all your tall Carlsbad you members. Yes. yes, it's an annual bazaar, and uh, our students showcase all of their chocolate culinary treats and whatever they've been working on special that particular year, and then all of the woodcrafts, and you can buy it and, and, and serve as Christmas gifts. They, those pens make great stocking. And the cutting boards do, those. too. And they really are beautiful, aren't they? they? Are but beautiful. even better, um, our kids get to be loved on, mm-hmm. appreciated. And have people awe in awe of their of their work and um, and as you said, it's all authentic because this stuff's legit. It I mean, is it legit, is legit, and the yep. the food's so good. I've gotten the the what is it like white chocolate dip pretzels and the bark <laughs> yeah. and all the different stuff. It's so good. I love that peppermint white chocolate. Yes, bark. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, on the whole person development part that I was asking you about, I saw a few things, and you've touched on some of them. Special education. Work readiness, transitional living skills. Talk about that, the transitional living skills, because you've already mentioned once that one of your goals is to return them to their previous living situation, hopefully maybe with the family, unless they're in a foster situation. But talk about how you're trying to transition them back and what that looks like. So um, there's a lot of skill building. Our students don't tend to have the best coping skills. Yeah. So we're very intentional about that as well and build this into our program, a lot of positive reinforcement, but a lot of um, teaching of trying to understand what am I feeling, what's going on. We have actually a sensory integration classroom, mm. and we call it the zone. And when a student is struggling in the classroom or whatever environment, they can take 10 minutes, go to this classroom with another counselor, with one of our counselors, our child care staff, who are all trained in this space, and they go in and they identify, this is what I'm feeling. And then they go through various activities. It's a whole classroom of various um, sensory activities. And then they set back down, and then they process what was going on and how they can handle it going back, and they go back to the classroom. That's fantastic. No outburst, nothing. Um, And and then we have uh, North Coast Church has been a huge partner of ours, and they've done a healing garden for us with walk pathways. Nice. And then we have a field in the back of our campus with a path. So pacing is helpful too, but it's nice and productive. So they get an individual group and family therapy, very intensive family therapy, again, with the eye towards um, returning the the youngster home as soon as possible. Not entirely everything's remedied. Sure. Because if we can pass them on to another team who can wrap around that family, that's really the most appropriate place to do the work. Yeah, that makes sense. And another thing I saw on your on your site, and you, I heard you touch on it super briefly in one of your other responses, was this sense of servant leadership. So talk to us about that. So really it's a culture, right? Mm. Um, and that inverted triangle and really being aware of who's doing the work at New Haven. And mm. it's really the people who show up every day. It's all of our staff. Uh, and that's hard work. And so paying attention um, and taking our cues as to what what we need to do for them and, and serving them and making their, their work as easy and as pleasant and as appreciated as we can. That's awesome. So 
share, if you could, a couple success stories. Talk to us about somebody who came in X and, you know, went through your program and now is Y and, you know. So this is, this is a fun story. And I've, I've been in touch with this youngster over the last few years. So anyhow, I was doing admissions at New Haven for that particular period of time. And um, this youth was referred to us through foster care. And he had recently been reconciled with his mom, who had a history of horrible drug addiction. Sure. And he spent most of his life in foster care yeah. or receiving homes. And he was so bitter and angry. Yeah. Probably one of the most bitter, angry young men I'd ever come across. And he was um, a little bit profane and vile, and he was angry at his mom and didn't understand why she was sitting in the room, although she was in recovery, and she loved him and wanted to make amends and wanted to be in his life. Just anyway, had, had her own demons, obviously. Right. Yeah. And he said to me, I don't need to be here. She does. Mm. And I said, well, you might be right. But we're not a program for her, so how do I help you? And he's like, I don't need to be here. He was 17. And he said, when I'm 18, I'm just checking myself out. I'm never going to go to another program again. And I said, so reach for the stars. Humor me. Yeah. What do you want to be when you grow up? And if I told you I would do everything in my power to get you on that path, what would that be? And he looked at me and he said, I want to be an exotic animal trainer. And I thought, oh, Lord. <laughs> what do I do about that? And what I does said, that even mean? <laughs> you got it. We'll figure that out. So we made a call to the Wild Animal Park, talked to human resources. I said, we'll pay the kids' salary for their first 80 hours, their hourly wage, if you will bring this kid on. And we worked all that out. My staff drove him out to the Wild Animal Park. He worked there. They ended up hiring him. He was making more than our child care staff there for a bit. They... <laughs> He was managing some concessions, um, and he went to school at the L.A. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going blank on the – but there's a school for that in oh, Los wow. Angeles. And he graduated. That's amazing. Yes, and his mom's living with him. He's oh, supporting her. Oh, that's amazing. So there's like that's – yes. a, that's a big one, huh? That's beautiful, yeah. And I know that's um, been replicated in different ways and, and – uh, over the decades, many, many, many times. So an organization like yours has this tremendous impact on individual souls and their lives. Usually that comes with a cost. So you have ways people can support you and, and you have fundraising activities, I'm assuming. What what can people do if they're like, I'm all about this and, and share your website or how they can reach you? That's a really, that's great. So our services, we're primarily governmentally funded. Got it. Um, and so the districts are funding us for education and, and foster care, but around care and supervision. But it doesn't cover those meaningful things that I really think are really the secret sauce yes. to our work. It's simple things like we have a Friends of New Haven group, and they fundraise every year. You can participate in our gala, our giving book, through auction items or just you know be participating in the purchase and, and, um, and donating towards this giving book. But they do a journey bag for our kids. When a youth comes into our program, I mean, this is like, if you think about it, being a 12- or 14-year-old boy being removed from your home and going to a... a an institutional, and we're homes, we're not institutional, but it's traumatic. Yeah. But they are met with a 
a bag, a big duffel bag with new towels and sheets and things to decorate their room and a thing of homemade cookies and a nice card welcoming them. We call it our journey bag. It's not a dark hole in your life. It's a, it's a start of an, a positive journey. Our friends do that. Super powerful. Our kids are blown away when they come in nice. and are greeted that way. They do um, birthdays for our kids. Kids who have been in institutional care always have the, everybody has a birthday on one one day uh, and they sing happy birthday for Johnny, Jimmy, Mark. And yeah. They come home, their, the house is decorated. There's a cake for them. There's a gift for them. It's individual, personalized. They are loved individual as an yeah. individual person. Very powerful. They do Christmas for our kids. They do our kids who have never been to skiing or been to the beach. Mm-hmm. They provide activities. That stuff is the stuff that heals. Yeah, you know that communicates importance and worth um, and restores dignity. We also don't our, our vocational programs are not funded, mm-hmm. so we have to fundraise for those things. So, somebody's hearing this for the first time. One of the interesting things about podcasts is they go wherever they go. Like we don't, you know, there's no boundaries. So. Um, when we look at our metrics of like who's listening to these episodes, we're always kind of like, wow, look. But obviously the bulk of our listeners are going to be here in North County, but it, this goes everywhere. So if somebody wanted to find out more about you, what would be the best website or best place to do that? So you would go to www.newhaven, Y as in youth, F as in family, S as in services, dot O-R-G. New Haven, Y. Wait, youth, Y-F-F-S, Y-F-S dot org. Correct. All right. So there you go. New Haven Youth Family Services dot org. Very good. Um, did we miss anything? Is there anything you wanted to make sure that you we talked about that I haven't drawn out of you? That's it on New Haven. On New Haven. Oh, the, there's so many other topics. To... We do. We could talk for a while. <laughs> No, that's great. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come down and share about your guys' amazing programs. We will have you back another time. We'll talk about other stuff, uh, maybe talk about trade tech or something else. But uh, that is so great. And I really appreciate what you do, your ministry. Um, I've seen seen firsthand those boys, and you're, you're saving lives. And... It is much appreciated. Yes, thanks so much for having me, Brett. Good to have you. All righty. Thanks for joining us on our Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please hit the follow button on wherever you get your audio. And please tell a friend. We would love to hear your feedback, which you can share at carlsbadpodcast.com. You can leave us a review, ask a question, or leave an audio comment which we can play on the show in the future. And that's all we have for today. Can't wait to see you next time on Carlsbad, People, Purpose, and Impact. And remember, share some kindness today. It's free, creates goodwill, and makes you feel great.